coming from our young folks. Praise the Lord. You may be seated for a moment. Brother Daniel, could you pause our recording for just a moment or two? I welcome you to High Point Church on this, the fifth day of July of the year of our Lord, 2009. And uh, we're delighted that you have chosen to come and worship with us today. And I invite your attention this morning to John chapter 5, the Gospel of John chapter 5. I would like to read verses 36 through 39, and I will not be very long this morning. I assure you, I know, you're thinking, preacher, you say that all the time. And, uh, <clears throat> but um, uh, we'll, we'll make this very, very brief this morning. John chapter 5, verses 36 through 39. I'm excited about Brother Dave's up-and-coming trip to the Congo. I, I have great feelings about this. I think he's going to do a just the Lord's going to use him in a very phenomenal way down there. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to hearing the reports when he returns from a great, great a crusade down in the Congo and where the Lord will bless tremendously. And we're excited about that. Jesus says, and this is Jesus speaking, that I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish the very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you, do, but, you, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. And these are they which testify of me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Precious Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning once again for this opportunity and privilege that you have granted your servant to stand before you and this congregation, this great and marvelous people of yours, to minister one more time the words, O oh God, from your holy writ. I pray that you'll anoint this vessel today, that you'll help me to speak as an instrument and vessel and for your purpose and for your glory. Anoint each of us to receive today. And as always, I ask you to help me become transparent before you and this congregation that they might hear your words and your voice and your speech. And we'll thank you for it today. It is in the lovely name of Jesus that we ask it. And everyone said amen. Amen. Look at someone close by and tell them I'm going to keep the faith. I want to preach for a little while this morning about keeping the faith. Frequent encounters with God. There's nothing like an encounter with God. There's nothing that will refresh you like a good old-fashioned encounter with God. Where you just relinquish all of your inhibitions and all of your fears, all your anxieties and doubts, and you just surrender yourself completely over to the will and mind of the Holy Spirit, and you just get a good refreshing. But let me share with you a couple of compelling reasons for saturating our minds in the Scriptures. I'm talking about the scriptures now which we believe and I preach and this church stands for and knows that it is the infallible word of God. God breathed. It's the living, breathing word of God. That's the scriptures. Amen? Well, we all all right there? If we're not, I'll preach on that a while. First of all, <clears throat> the first compelling reason for our saturating our minds with scriptures is very simple to know who God is. Amen? One day in school, 
little girl was asked by her art teacher what she was drawing. She's over there just busy way drawing a picture as they do in art class. The little girl gleefully replied, well, I'm drawing a picture of God. Puzzled, the teacher looked at her. Kind of that puzzled look on her face. And the teacher responded by telling the little girl, but nobody's ever seen him. Well, you can't outsmart a little girl. So she replied, she confidently replied to her, they will when I'm finished. I think she should have got a standing ovation for that. Stay will when I'm finished. You see, until Jesus Christ arrived on the scene, all we had were snapshots and glimpses of who God really was and who He is. Then Jesus arriving on the scene announced in John chapter 14 and verse 9, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. Not too much explanation required there, is there? I mean, he just come right out and said it. You're looking at me. You're looking at the Father. Now, if you're interested in knowing who God is, what He's like, His personality, what He thinks, how He acts, I would suggest start spending more time with Jesus. Oh, boy, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Was that not profound? Spend more time with Jesus. Now, the second compelling reason for saturating our mind with Scripture is this. To know who you are. Oh, but you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you need to know who you are. When God called Moses to deliver Israel, Moses told God two things. Listen to this now, Exodus 3. 13 and 14. When I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, tell them I am sent you. Tell them I am sent you. Now to go back to where I began here in just a moment, Jesus before the Pharisees one day, they were... Uh, there was this big disagreement going on about his teaching, about his claim of authority and his claim of deity. And he told them, he said, you know, I want to tell you, they were boasting about Abraham being their father and how that uh, they were the children of Abraham and they took stock and great status in the fact that they were Abraham's seed. And he said, yeah, I know. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Their eyebrows popped open. Their mouths dropped, their chins dropped to the floor and said, Whoa, 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 you're not 50 years old yet. And you're trying to stand here and claim that Abraham has seen you? This just isn't adding up, fella. Oh, he said, but let me tell you something. Before Abraham was, I am. He said, tell him I am sent you, Moses. Tell him. Now, in order to know who you are, you must know who God is. As Brother Dave talked about this morning, we need to recognize that God loves us. Don't let anybody tell you different. And when we do know this, then you'll have credibility, we'll have confidence, we'll have direction, and we'll have purpose when we know who God is.
Now Moses started when him and God was having this exchange in this congregation or conversation. How, how many of you ever done the what if game? That happens quite a bit around our house. I hear, uh, but what if? Oh boy, my blood just, I almost faint when I hear them words. No, Moses, Moses started by playing the what if game with God. But suppose they will not believe or listen to my voice. Then what do I do? What if? What if they say the Lord has not appeared to you? Now, I know it doesn't say exactly that, but that's what he said. So the Lord said to him, What's that in your hand, or Moses? Oh, he said, It's a shepherd's rod. He said, Cast it on the ground. So Moses, he throws that, cast that rod on the ground, and it became a serpent. Well, Moses, like most of us, he ran the other way. He fled from it, the Bible says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now, Pick it up. Oh, wait. Oh, that's where I draw the line, fella, fella. I was with you till then. Now pick it up, Moses. Pick up that serpent. And so Moses finally built up the courage to pick up the serpent when he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became the rod in his hand again. Now here's my point in all of this, and that is Moses already had what he needed. He just needed to recognize it. And he needed to know how to use it. And he didn't, the problem was he didn't know how to use it until God showed him. So my friends, we already have what we need. Go like this. Anyway, I think you're getting the idea. In order to know who you are and who God is, we must have frequent encounters with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Jude writes in his epistle, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary, everybody say that word mean necessary, to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly, watch this now, earnestly for the faith which was once for all, Delivered to the saints. The faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. I'm talking about keeping the faith. Prior to departing the leaders of the church at Ephesus for the final time, Paul leaves them with this word of admonition. And here's what Paul told them, as it's recorded in Acts 20 and 29 32. For I know this. Paul's looking at the leadership, the elders, the ministry, the pastor, the bishops, and so forth at the church at Ephesus. He said, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, from right among your congregation here, brethren, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch 
And remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brother, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now I suppose the question someone might be pondering at this moment Was Paul being an alarmist? Now we hear that word bandied about a lot these days. Especially if you disagree with a governmental opinion or you disagree with a politician. Well, you're just an alarmist. But was Paul being an alarmist? No, in fact, if we fast forward some years later, Speaking to the same church in Ephesus now. Listen to this. Jesus Christ speaks to them through the Apostle John and says this to the church in Ephesus. The same church in Acts that Paul warned. Be careful. I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent. And do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The same church that Paul had previously warned about. Be careful. There's going to be savage wolves coming among you. They're going to, they're going to pull you away. Now they're getting an admonition from John, the Apostle John, the words of the Lord Jesus through the Apostle John that says, you left your first love. You've done a lot of good things. You can read it for yourself. You've done a lot of good things, but you've left your first love. Now I would like for you to note these, the words, do the first works. You see, we must constantly reaffirm our scriptural foundation or our scriptural foundations. And we must make certain we pass them on to our children. Amen? Amen? Now, in case you are wondering just what these foundational truths are that the church is built upon, you guessed it. I've got an answer. If so, here's what I believe and know for sure that the Bible says. First of all, the infallibility of Scripture. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Amen? It's infallible. One of the foundational truths is the virgin birth, the sinless life, the atoning death, the bodily resurrection, and the meditorial work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our need to be saved. Our need to be baptized. Our need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to carry the gospel to the four corners of the earth. And announcing the soon return of Jesus Christ to rule and reign in righteousness. Upon this bedrock of truth has the church been founded. Amen. Regardless of what shingle you have hanging over your door,
How many of you have learned that denominational names don't mean a whole lot? <clears throat> you're either the church or you're not the church, which is the bottom line. You see, these, my friends, are the bedrock non-negotiables. It's non-negotiable. Which were once for all delivered to the saints. Amen. So, my friends, regardless of what the religious world is doing, what do you say? We keep the faith. Amen? The apostle writing to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 said, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. Now think about that for just a moment, lest we drift away. I'm not a mariner. I'm not a seaman by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing I've learned in the few contacts, contacts I have had out there, and Bishop has drugged me out there. And one thing I've learned that you can drift a long, long way and not know it. He taught me about the Loran and, and what it what it represents on the boat and how you put your coordinates in there and and it'll 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 be actually absolutely is a lifesaver. You get out there and don't anchor down. It's not long until you're miles from where you were. And it all looks the same. Our middle son called me one time some years ago, probably eight or ten years ago now, and he had gone out with some buddies of his fishing. Little did he know the radio on the boat didn't work. It wasn't his boat. He'd just gone out by invitation. and They got out about 20-some miles, and the boat broke down. Quit. No radio, no way to contact anybody. Now, it just happened... That he drifted, they drifted, he, the, the, two of the other guys left the boat and were going to swim off for help somewhere. He got enough cell phone signal to call me and tell me what the coordinates was, the last coordinates they had on that boat before it died. I immediately called, called the Coast Guard. I said, son, don't leave the boat. He said, I don't intend to. He said, those guys could have drowned, but now I have no idea where they are. I haven't seen them for hours. I said, do not leave the boat. I'll call Coast Guard. They'll have somebody out there to rescue you. So I did. I went through that whole process, and I gave the Coast Guard them coordinates, and they sent helicopters out and airplanes out, and it wasn't long. Probably about an hour, they called me back. Are you sure about those coordinates? Yeah, that's the last ones ahead, but now that's been a couple hours ago. Okay. So they... Factored in the wind. They factored in the direction of the drift. They got all that. And finally they called me about an hour later and said, we found them. He was only 15 miles farther out than the coordinates he gave. So now, I said all of that to point out to you, lest we drift away. That word drift should set off alarm bells in our minds. Now again, I'm not a mariner, but one thing I've learned, you can drift a long... 
and whoo, you can look in all directions. It just... You think you're going one direction and you're going another. The word drift should sell off alarm bells and lines. Jesus pointed out that while the harvester slept, an enemy sowed weeds among the wheat. And when they finally awakened, they said, oh, an enemy has done this. And as most of you know, cancer begins with an unidentified, unchecked cell. And if it's left undealt with, it can destroy our whole body. Therefore, Jude writes, contend, earn, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. We didn't even notice they were there. They crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. In this modern religious day we live, this has really been pondering on my mind of late. We must be cautious. We must be cautious. If you want to, if, if you want to pay special attention to the words, the faith which is once delivered to all saints, watch that closely. Pay close attention to that. You see, our methods may change, and it's important that they do change. However, our message never changes. Amen. It's a message for all times and for all generations. Paul, writing to Timothy, declared the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. want you to notice this. When you study the progression in the lives of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, there's several things you'll notice, but one in particular really stood out in my mind. First of all, you will notice that Abraham's blessings, Abraham was blessed. Paul said, we that are of faith are the children of Abraham and shall be blessed with faithful Abraham. You will notice that Abraham's blessings came through a personal relationship with God. He never let that relationship slip out of his, through his fingers. That was very personal. The only way he could offer Isaac is he did was he had a personal relationship with God. He trusted God inexplicably. Can you say it? He trusted God beyond our ability to even comprehend. Now Isaac, watch this progression. Isaac inherited his father's blessing. It wasn't until the Philistines attacked him did he go back and dig again the wells of his father Abraham and build an altar to the Lord? And finally, Jacob, the third generation, 
came along and tried schemes and shortcuts to obtain God's blessing. Remember that story? Only when he had a life-changing encounter with God at Peniel did he reestablish his life on the foundations laid by Abraham and Isaac. It wasn't until he had that one-on-one encounter with God. Amen. So finally, my friends, on this weekend in which we have celebrated freedom and the birth of this great and God-ordained nation, let's keep the faith. Let's earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Oh, yes, the methods have changed and they will continue to change. Who would have ever dreamed that we would see an international ministry reach the globe right from this pulpit? Who would have ever dreamed that this small congregation would be sending ambassadors out to faraway places around the world? Let's keep the faith. All the methods are changing, but the message remains the same. There's no doubt in my mind that Brother David's going to the Congo to tell them and tell them very plainly that it's in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone that we have hope and salvation. It's through the power and majesty of that name that is above every name that we still have hope today. Amen. So let's keep the faith. Let's give our children the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth because it's the only thing that will stand the test of time. A fellow told me, in fact, the first church I pastored, a fellow told me, and them words echo in my mind from time to time. We were in general conversation one day. And he said, you know, Pastor, one thing I learned many years ago. He said, time and truth our friends. Time and truth are friends. Time will always bear out the truth. You may be able to hide it for a while, but time will always bear out the truth. So let us earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Let's stand together and bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this opportunity you have afforded us and granted us to come together here at High Point Church. We thank you for the worship. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence and power most of all. I thank you for your word, the word that sets us free. Lord, as you come to the close of this service and the end of this message today, we thank you for what we have heard. I thank you for what we have felt. I thank you for the worship, for your presence and power and glory. As we depart from this place today, we go to our separate ways as we're celebrating this weekend of freedom and the birth of this nation on this 
uh, a great, great weekend that we celebrate. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this nation. I pray for the leaders of this country. Oh, Lord, how they need your help. How they need your guidance and they need your direction. I pray that you will bow them humbly before you. That they will recognize that in you and in you alone do we find the leadership and the guidance and the direction that we need. Regardless of the capacity and the office in which we feel and represent. Lord, I pray for our nation. I pray for our leadership. I pray for leaders throughout the world, Lord. But mostly and most important, I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that you watch over us and keep us throughout the this next week until we come together again at the next appointed time. I thank you for it, praise you for it all. It is in the lovely name of Jesus that we ask it this morning. And everyone said amen. And you are dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you.